0: Scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from uh, the final words of the Beatitudes of our Lord in his Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. And Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would now strengthen our faith through them. Amen. In the 200s A.D., there was a lawyer who... um, was living in a time of persecution under a great emperor named Diocletian, one of the Roman emperors that hated Christianity and tried to destroy the church. And this lawyer, by the name of Tertullian, wrote this letter to those who were trying to oppress the church and kill Christians. He said, God permits us to suffer. Your cruelty avails you nothing. It is rather a temptation to us. The more often you mow us down, the more in number we grow. The blood of Christians is seed. And that's where the famous saying comes from, that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. From the perspective of the unbelieving world, it would think that Being oppressive to Christians in whatever way or shape or form, the purpose of that is always intended to crush and damage and try to snuff out the Christian faith, and yet so often it does just the opposite. It often causes a greater spread of the Christian faith. And for over 2,000 years all around the world and throughout different periods of history, people and governments and tribes and so on have tried to kill off this Christian faith and to get rid of it. And yet nothing really has shaken it or destroyed it. Sometimes it's gone into hiding, that's true, but it usually kind of pops back up again. And many places even today where Christianity is currently growing the fastest are places where it's illegal and places where it faces some of the greatest opposition. Jesus speaks about persecution of us, his faithful, in in the text today. And he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And what he means is, because of our connection to him, he is our righteousness, okay? As the Bible says, all our righteousness, in other words, our lives, are like filthy rags. But Christ is our righteousness. He is the white gown that now covers us and dresses us and causes God to see us as holy saints. So we are blessed when we are persecuted for wearing Christ, if you will. For that righteousness that we've been given through the gift of faith and and when our suffering in the world is Directly tied to the fact that we are we have this relationship to our Savior by his word Jesus says then you are blessed when that happens and We know then he says that we have the kingdom of heaven He also says, blessed are you if people say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. It's an interesting line. If people people say all kinds of evil against you as a Christian falsely for the sake of your faith belonging to Christ. Great example of that took place on this campus about 15 years ago. Uh, Because of Bethany's position on the word of God and on what Christ and his apostles teach about morality, we had about 85 students from other campuses come and protest our campus, a group known as Soul Force. And we had about 85 students line our streets out here in a protest. They called the local television station and, and everybody to come up and to observe this protest. And uh, they had placards and sign. I remember some of them said haters on it. And at the end of their two-hour protest or so, about 20 or 25 of our Christian students here decided let's go out and talk to them and they just walked out into the group and and these 85 just surrounded them in a big circle and I was watching from Meyer Hall and I was a little concerned (laughs) but after a while some of them came back some of our students came back to campus and I remember this one young lady said to me they totally misunderstand us they think we hate them Nothing could be further from the truth. We kept trying to tell them we care about you and we love you. Jesus says, blessed are you if people say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Now we should never pray for or seek out persecution. But when it does come, it is often deeply advantageous, not just for the church at large, but for you individually as a Christian. Sometimes it's good to be challenged in our faith. Sometimes it's good for us to to have to go back down inside of ourselves and think about how precious this wonderful Savior is that we have and his word. So let me ask you today, what sort of persecution do you presently face for being a Christian? Where is the greatest threat to you being a Christian in your life right now? You probably, if you're like me, face very little physical threats of persecution for your faith. There's a little bit of pressure from the culture. We get called names, we get mocked, we get made fun of, and that's not easy. But ironically, the fact that we have such freedom in our country, and the fact that Christianity has been around us so much and in our lives, ironically, that, that may be the most dangerous situation to be in for our faith. In the United States, far more young Christians have fallen away from Christ due to apathy in countries where they have religion, freedom of religion like we have here, than in countries where people have to face physical persecution for the sake of their faith in Christ. The greatest danger that I face to my faith is me, is Don Molstead, is my sinful heart, is my old Adam that wants to rise up and snuff out this faith. It's an apathy and a callousness toward the things of God that can just kind of grow inside of us. And that's why God so often says to the members of his church, strengthen what remains. What's left inside of you that loves Christ and loves his word, strengthen what remains. Stay with this. You could Google, if you want, um, religious freedom map. Do it sometime. Religious freedom map. And you'll find this, that the Christian-based cultures, in other words, the cultures that have had Christianity rooted in them going back for hundreds of years, Christian-based cultures are the places where there is the greatest religious freedom in the world. Now, there have been a few horrible exceptions to this historically, That's true. But it's it's usually because some have not followed the teachings of Christ. Christ does not want his kingdom to advance with a sword. It is to advance through word and sacrament and the love of God. And this is true all around the world. In the countries where Christianity has been at the base of their culture, you will find that there is the least religious oppression in those countries. And it's because Christianity is rooted in love. A great example to demonstrate that, about, oh, I don't know how long ago the Iraq War started. Around the time that that war started, there happened to be two Christian young ladies, college students from a a college in Texas, who were over on a mission trip in Iraq and kind of got caught in the country when the war broke out. They'd been staying with a, a family, a Muslim family, And uh, while they were there, they had brought along some little Bible story books. And apparently one of them had left it out where one of the Muslim children had now grabbed this little book and started reading it. And because of that, the story got back to some of the terrorists in the area, and they took these two Christian college students, and they put them in the back of a semi-trailer truck and held them captive for months and gave them very little food and treated them rather harshly. Finally, due to some diplomacy, they were released and they were allowed to come back here to the United States. And I was watching the interview with these two young ladies at their press conference down in Texas, and what was really fascinating was the love that they had for the family and even the ones who had turned them in and even their captors who had treated them so harshly. In fact, one of the longings in their heart was to go back and to tell them that they forgave them. There is a fiber, there is a fiber of heavenly love that has come down from God and goes into the hearts of his faithful. There is a fiber of heavenly love that cannot be destroyed by the evil of this world. Think about Stephen, the first martyr in the church. While people are throwing rocks at his head to kill him, he's praying for their forgiveness. If you don't think you belong to a to a religion that has some tenacity to it. You just need to read your Bible a little more. We've been so blessed with this amazing faith. St. John says, There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. And you belong to that love. And you don't want to lose it. Our Lord talks about that his church sometimes is meek and lowly. He speaks of that right in these very these very words of the Beatitudes here, but he also describes at times a stubbornness and a tenacity in the hearts of those who love him. The Holy Spirit can work that tenacity in us through word and sacrament, and there's a fiber and a strength to that love for Christ. It makes his church lion-hearted, even in little kids and even in young women. Jesus said about the kingdom of God, Violent men take it by force. And what he means is when the Holy Spirit does that work in our hearts to love the gospel, there's a violence that takes place that just cannot let go of going to heaven. So take it seriously. Take this faith seriously. Defend it in your life. Protect it in your life. Maintain it. Your your arrival in heaven someday and your kid's arrival in heaven someday is going to be worth it. You should be exceedingly joyful, Jesus says, that you're part of his church. Yes, the world is going to make you put up with a lot of garbage because of your relationship to Christ. But when you really think about it, if God is for us, amen. Please rise. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for making us part of your holy Christian church through faith in our Savior We thank you for the wonderful forgiveness we enjoy in him and the hope of everlasting life. Help us always to cling to the Savior and his word despite all the opposition of the world that we may someday stand in your presence forevermore. We ask it all in our Lord's saving name. Amen.